Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of In Flight. It's been a minute since we've last spoken to each other. I hope you are all well. It seems like some places in the country are starting to reopen after closing down due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I hope that's going swimmingly for you all. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, do we have an episode of head of, ahead of us. Excuse me. So this week's episode of In Flight, we were very privileged to speak with Ty Shuff, who you're probably familiar with. You might not be familiar with the name that I just gave, Ty Shuff. You might be familiar with his Twitch name, which is Catstrader. So Ty has been streaming for quite a while um, and is really a prominent X-Plane streamer and has been for a long time. And Norm and I had both watched him for a few years before doing this interview, so we had loads of questions for him um, that I guarantee you'll enjoy. Ty has a lot to say, and that's not a bad thing. He's a very interesting person to talk to. He brews beer, he brews wine, he is a really driving force in the X-Plane community as well, and also FS2020. He was one of the first alpha testers for it, and we talk about all of that in this episode of the podcast. As I said, Ty was a really great person to talk to. I really enjoyed hearing from him. Norm really enjoyed hearing from him, and I'm sure you're going to really enjoy hearing from him as well. So without further ado, please welcome Ty Shuff to the show. Ty, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How is your lovely 6 p.m. afternoon evening going? Oh, it's fantastic, dude. I went out and mowed the lawn for the first time today. Uh... It was getting high enough, so we have we have an eighteen month old daughter, and uh, we're trying to get her outside finally more whatever. And it was high enough that I realized that she was a little skittish to walk around the grass because it was up past her waist in some cases. Gee. And I'm just thinking to myself, if I'm walking, if I was to walk through grass or any sort of you know wilderness area where the thing was above my waist, I would probably be a bit terrified. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be like so, jungle for you. Yeah. So that combined with my wife nagging me, um, I, I finally made the decision to uh, um, to mow the lawn today. So that Wait was my minute. that was my activity. Has it been eighteen months already? It's been really? eighteen months, dude. Yeah, it was uh, the uh, May fifteenth. So like two days ago. What was it, two days ago? Friday was the fifteenth month or eighteenth month. Yeah, following you, following you on on social media, Twitter. Uh, you know, you post your little updates here and there. Yeah, and it's just amazing, like. They just grow like weeds. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, yeah. dude. Yeah. They, they, you know, people people tell you that. They're like, oh, it's going to go so fast and this and that. And when you're in the moment, you're just like, I am so ready to get to the next point of this whole whatever this thing is. And then you get there and you look back and you're, and I'm like, huh. Uh, one, of, one of my coworkers, um, him and his wife just had a baby uh, a month ago, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, April 15th. And um, they brought little Piper in to, you know, put her on the show her off on the webcam and on our video conferencing stuff and whatnot. And, um, I'm just like, wow, she's so tiny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's been, it's been fun though. It's, it's, it's an adventure. Every day is something different climbing and she's like, she learned how to turn the TV on and off now. So she'll go Uh, and if she doesn't like what you're watching or she doesn't like what's on TV, she'll just go turn it off. She's a power (laughs) freak already. I'm just like, dude, you're not supposed to do this. (laughs) Good luck. That's all I got to tell you. Yeah, I'm like, your mother can't even turn the TV off. Like, how the hell are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> She's the boss so, in the house now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, that's, 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 that's where we're at. We, we realized today um, she's been very insistent on having things her way. And I, I do what I always do when I go start Googling stuff and realize that the terrible twos can actually start about a year and a half. And mm-hmm. she's already, we're in the terrible twos. Like, there's no question. She's like, uh-uh. 
this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And if I don't get to do it, I'm going to stomp and scream and throw myself on the floor. Um, yeah. It's fantastic. Let, I love let's watching Let's just say it. that they're smarter than we were at their age. <laughs> Believe me, they are. I, God, I hope it not. It's probably I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> no, we don't do any tablet time. That's the thing. Oh. Like, I, there's no, she's never touched. She's, she's seen my phone because she likes to look at pictures of herself on the phone. But she's never held the phone. She's never held a tablet. Um, we're, uh, uh, my wife is my, we're trilingual, but um, we're raising her, to, we're raising Amalia to be bilingual. So she watches a lot of Portuguese Sesame Street and Portuguese uh, cartoons and whatnot. So that's the closest we get to tablet time. But um, yeah, we're trying to minimize, if not eliminate, screen time for some time now or for a while. Wow. For, for uh, various uh, reasons. <laughs> how does she feel about your, your airplane stuff, your streaming stuff, your, you know, whatever you do airplane-wise at home? How does she feel about um, that? My wife or my daughter? Your daughter. She doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we took her. So I've taken her flying twice, um, general aviation. And it, it was, it, she was so, so young that she had no idea um, anything. Like happening. she had, yeah, she had no cognition about anything. Uh, as far as the streaming goes, um, if she happens to be awake, my wife will bring her in and she's, I have a full set of lights that are up in front of me that when I turn them on, it, it's like really bright in your face. So she just sits and I got like 27 inch, 38 inch widescreen and a 27 inch monitor. So I'm surrounded by lights and monitors and she's just sits, she just sits there with the biggest eyes looking around. Like there's <laughs> so much going on and I don't know what to focus on. Wow. Um, so she, but she's always a champ. And then she'll, if you've, if you've caught some clips or caught any, any moments on the stream, she'll, she'll grab the microphone. She'll first, she'll yank the windscreen off, try to eat that. I'm like, no, you can't have that. And then she'll, <laughs> then she'll chew on the microphone itself. And then she'll just, she'll start moving it around. So it squeaks and really, you know, sounds fantastic on the stream. <laughs> so it. I love it though. Um, there was, an, <laughs> there was an instance last year. So the beginning of last year, I was I was had the opportunity to be on the front page of Twitch um, for four independent streams. I remember and, that. Yeah, nice. it was crazy, dude. So they, I, coming out of that, I don't think there was a lot that I gained, um, other than some recognition from from um, a, a few people at Twitch. Um, but there was a moment on the first night, uh, for whatever reason, she was still awake. So my wife brings her in, and and I kid you not. We went from 10,000 viewers to 16,000 viewers. Ooh, and I had, wow. I, had, I had no cognition or no idea why this happened. And a friend of mine posts this um, screenshot of the front page of Twitch. And there's a full screen webcam picture of me and my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so I can only surmise that she got me roughly five or 6,000 additional viewers um, for the duration that she was the thumbnail for that for that for that moment, so it was awesome. <laughs> I gotta go get a new baby then. <laughs> I gotta go get a new baby then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Babies. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Seems so, like she's um, the star of the show then. Oh, everybody loves it. Yeah, I love having her on too. Um, awesome. She's 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 a ham. It's been an adventure, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we basically, I, I basically watched you. Um, since I discovered X-Plane, you're one of the nice. first people that I've watched. Um, I've watched most or all your live stream when you were on YouTube. You know, you yeah. did the switch to Twitch. And yep. I even met you in person, by the way, uh, Flight to Mexico in Orlando. Um, was it Boy, that was ago? a time. 
I know you meant like a million people. I was one of the guys that came up <laughs> like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's that's. I love it. I love that's. Yeah, it's such a weird. And I know you stream as well. It's such a weird thing when you go to those events and you're like a minor celebrity, and I'm like, I'm just a dude, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I eat, sleep, and poop like everybody else. Like, in it, it, it's it's kind of bizarre. And then instances like this where it's like, oh yeah, dude, I met you at Flight Sim Expo and this and that. And I'm like great <laughs> true did i, I remember you was i was i was i drunk yet <laughs> no. uh, did you have a couple of beers by then i don't know it was, oh, i have no idea so i had nah. uh, that flight sim expo i had accumulated a dozen drink tickets over the course yep. of the day so uh um, nah, you, you were very yeah. uh forthcoming with everybody i mean i saw you tell people to come up people were standing yeah, yeah. off looking at you You're like yeah come up here yeah, come say hi you know yeah, get your ass over here and say something. Exactly, it's true. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so you say you 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 got into X Plane then. So it's time. I'm going to turn this back on you. When oh did you boy. get into X Plane? Um, two and a half, three years ago, maybe. If that. So much. you've only known X Plane eleven then. The tail end of ten. Okay. And then I had like an old uh, iBook that mm-hmm. could barely get like two frames per second, but it was going to work anyway. Yeah. Then eleven came. I was like, yeah, I need a new computer. This is not going to work. Yeah, but and you yeah, bought a, lucky, and you bought a, you bought a PC then. I yeah, I did buy a PC, not a new one. <laughs> I bought a potato okay. and I fixed it up. I patched it together with a seven GT seven twenty graphics card. Like what? Okay, I had like one gig of like oh my god, I have one gig of video RAM. That's <laughs> yeah. So you basically have like single colored textures everywhere at that point. <laughs> at that point, it's true. But yeah, but I remember your streams though. I mean, back to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of the things that you look forward to as a, a explainer because you would, you know, you know what? Let me just say this. Let me give you credit for this. Oh, here we go. A lot of streamers now, including myself, will say hi to a whole bunch of people at the beginning mm-hmm. of the stream. That's one thing that you did. You did it for like 15 minutes. And at yeah. some point I'm like, why are you saying hi to everybody? Like, let's get flying. <laughs> now I understand, you know. I get you it. Would, you would literally shout everybody out. I mean, what it felt like to do that at your streams? I, I, it's, it's, I think that's one of the most important things to do. And as long as I can keep doing it, as long as it's like not going to dominate the whole stream, I even tell people, I'm like, listen, if you want to see flying, you know, don't, don't show up until eight o'clock. Cause we're probably, yeah. we're probably, I'm probably going to sit there. It's a, every, it, it, it's weird to say it like this, but most of the streams are pretty formulaic at this point, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of just kind of music and intro, let people sort of start to sift in. I'm going to talk for 20 to 30 minutes, say hello to people, you know, talk about the week, talk about what's going on, you know, whatever. And then we're going to spend a half an hour setting the plane up and all that stuff. So if you want to actually see wheels come off the ground, yeah, about eight o'clock is probably your best bet. Um, but the, the saying hi to everybody, I've mentioned this on panels and I've mentioned this, you know, a number of times, but um, it's like it, it, it. It makes it makes folks feel like they're part of the community, and that's that's the goal. Like it's not about the flight sims, it's not about the plane, it's not about this or that. It's about the people coming in, and the people that are coming in and saying hi. And I like I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I do my best to try to remember first names as, as often as possible. So you know, WBS five two comes in. I'll pay hey, Bill. How you doing? I've had dinner with him and his wife before, and you know stuff like that. So uh, I think it's I think it's very important to do that as a streamer. Now on YouTube, that's eh, a different story. And on you, when I, when I was posting on YouTube, I, I started cutting a lot of that out, um, mm. because I know that people didn't really care for that. And now I, I don't even bother posting on YouTube anymore. Cause I just, I don't, it, the cost benefit, and that's something we can get into in a second, but 
um yeah it's cool to hear that man oh yeah absolutely absolutely <clears throat> so how did you get into streaming in the first place was this just something you decided to do one day oh, or man. was it in the back of your mind forever because i mean i've always had that at the back of my mind just like to make some content here and there but i never really did it until i started yeah. working at threshold and was kind of forced into it you know um man so we go all the way back 2011 so let's go back 2011 i had this um I, I worked for a company i had this coworker isaac isaac's awesome dude phenomenal programmer mm. and um he was into watching um starcraft on twitch and i'm mm. like uh, first of all i'm like what the hell are you watching video games for? You know, like that's, that's kind of weird. And, yeah. and so I, he'd talk about it and I, you know, I was like, oh yeah, okay, whatever this and that. And then I found myself jumping on and watching a little bit and then watching the podcasts and then watching the tournaments. And I'm like, oh, I'll give them 25 bucks so I can, you know, see this tournament in HD. And then driving down to Providence, Rhode Island in 2012 to see a tournament live, which was amazing. Mm. And so, um, uh, through StarCraft, I got into Twitch. And uh, it was around this same time I was hitting the point in my career where I'm turning into disgruntled IT worker. Um, I, I did the dumb thing where you take a hobby and you turn it into a job, but you do a job working for the man. And um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, any, if anybody works in the tech industry, they know, they're sitting there nodding right now. They know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so I hit this point with my job where it was no longer fun to do as a hobby. Tinkering with computers, you know, writing code and, and building web pages and whatever at home. Just I had no interest in it anymore. Hmm. So I started thinking of, you know, what other kind of things might be fun to do. and. Um, I remembered back to when I was a kid, I had a, uh, I had a Mac and I had a A10 simulator. It was A10 Cuba and I had a little joystick and I had no idea how to do anything mm -hmm. except crash the airplane, um, which as a, uh, 12 year old was the coolest thing you could ever do. <laughs> still is sometimes. It still is fun sometimes. <laughs> Won't crash physics. Um, yeah. And I don't like, I grew up pretty, um, we grew up pretty poor. So like flying never seemed like the kind of thing that was even close to being attainable. Like even traveling via air was not something I did for the first, you know, 20 some odd years of my life. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what it was, but I decided to go try a flight simulator. This was so around 2012, 2013 range. And um, I did what everybody did. I tried to find a way to purchase FSX and it didn't work. So I pirated it. Um, and be, because you couldn't buy it, like you literally could not buy this thing anywhere. Yeah. And so I jumped into it and I'm like, all right, well, this is interesting. I was keyboard and mouse and it, it, it was an awful experience. Like if you ever tried to flight sim keyboard and mouse, like it's terrible, especially in FSX, like it just didn't oh, yeah. work. So I, um, I bought an Xbox joystick, joystick, a 360 joystick that could plug in. I still have it on my desk somewhere. Um, and I did that for a bit and then. Uh, the long way of getting to as I'm doing this, I'm thinking I had this light bulb moment. I'm like, is there anybody streaming this? Because I had seen YouTube videos of flight simming stuff. And I remember um, uh, looking at flight sim YouTube videos. Because I remember there was a time where I was watching cockpit videos of, of airplanes landing. And mm -hmm. I remember seeing people do flight sim stuff. I'm like, why would anybody watch this? Like, I don't want to see that. I want to see real airplanes. 
Um, <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> yeah, everybody does. Yeah, and I'm like, and then, but then this light bulb hit. And I'm like, well, I'm on Twitch. I was streaming a little bit of StarCraft two here and there for my buddies, and it was like, whatever, dude. I wasn't super good, but it was still fun. And I'm like, all right, well, there's nobody streaming FSX. There's like maybe two people with nobody watching. Sure, why not? Let's just fire it up. So 2013, I want to say it was. Was it 13? It was 13 because it was like two months before I got engaged to my wife. So yeah, it was early 2013. I fired up the stream for the first time and um, I had no idea what I was doing, man. Yeah. And so then as you progress, like one thing leads to another and I'm a very... Um, I'm a very driven person when it comes to I want to do a thing. So um, I I said, okay, I'm going to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. Well, I did that. I mean, that was easy. You take off out of Heathrow, hit the button that says autopilot, hit the acceleration button to 16 or 20x or whatever. Go get lunch. <laughs> Go Jeez. get lunch. Well, no, I didn't know how nav mode worked. So um, I would I was using default ATC and I would I would punch in a heading. And I'd fly, and they'd say, resumo now, but I keep flying that heading, and they come on, get pissed at me, and they give me a new heading. I just fly that heading. <laughs> so I just did that the whole way. <laughs> my God. Eventually found LaGuardia. I landed my 747 in LaGuardia after, I think, about nine or ten attempts. Um, a 747 in LaGuardia, you said? Of course, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Come on. Um so that, that that was that and 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 i was like all right well that was cool so what else can i do and uh so i, I learned like rudimentary uh ils stuff and it was all like it was, it was like monkeys banging on a keyboard trying to figure out how to program an ils <laughs> oh so i did a i did an ils approach where i i broke out and saw the airport i'm like oh that was cool okay what else can i do and then there was this thing um rex rex simulations or rex software had this uh oh man they had this Thing. I think it was called Latitude, and you could you, it basically was like scoring flights, but you had to work your way up the ranks. Which nowadays I I can't stand that. That kind sounds of stuff. disgusting. Yeah, yeah. But I had to fly, so I had to fly the Cessna 172 to graduate to the Baron to graduate to anything higher. So I flew the 172 and the Baron all the way across the country from Boston to I think Boston to Seattle and then back. Um. <laughs> What? And I was like, all right, that was cool. I did a lot of a time time compression and all that stuff. I was like, all right, that's cool. And then that leads to, all right, now I start hearing about um, the Majestic Q400. So now I'm finding Reddit stuff. I'm finding, you know, uh, news articles and stuff. And and I'm like, oh, there's a there's a, a, a weird payware market that things are people are talking about. Um, so I I discovered the Q400. Um, it was actually right around the time the Q400 came out, and so I. Bought that to be my first aircraft, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. And um, returned it because the sound, like I, I was using Windows 8 and one of the updates for Windows 8 broke the Q400. Like it didn't, like the sounds would cut out like five minutes in. So I had to get a refund on that. I'm like, well, suck, sucks, but whatever. Then I got my one and only PMDG plane, the Jetstream 4100 um, and progressed from there. But the whole time I'm doing this, I'm streaming it. And that leads us, that circles us all back. So I'm, I'm banging my head against the keyboard, lear, like trying to learn how to do this stuff. And I'm streaming pretty much the whole thing. And at the time, it was like myself, uh, Matt Davies probably had 50 or 60 people that were watching, if that. Um, Frugal dipped his toes into streaming a little bit. And he was kind of the first uh, YouTube celebrity, if you will, that, that, that came over. And this was back when Frugal had like 
15,000 people on YouTube. So it's been a while. Um, and, and yeah, so I'm, I'm streaming the whole thing. And then that leads us to, um, FSX once and surely absolutely breaking. Like it just won't work anymore. Uh, some windows eight update completely broke it. And I'm like, I'm so sick of this thing crashing. I'm just absolutely fed up and done with it. Um, so I moved to X-Plane. And my first plane in X-Plane was a 727 by FlyJ Sim. Um, I learned that thing inside and out, backwards and forwards, every gauge, every button, every knob, everything about that plane. Like I was, I was very, I had nothing else to do except work and then this. And I had a three-hour commute round trip. So I spent a lot of time reading. And uh, got recognition. That was when I finally started getting recognition on the stream. Um, and I hit that, that, that threshold of my first, you know, 10 viewers, excuse me. Um, people called, you know, people, people noted that I was flying that thing. I was flying a VOR to VOR. I was flying on VATSIM, um, and I was streaming the whole thing. And, and that sort of, that's where that started. And then we just kind of went from there. So, Man. um, like so, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say so much nuggets in there because I'm listening to you going, <laughs> All these, all these up and coming people to flight sitting yeah. have it good. They can go to a, a forum that has everything. They can yeah. go to a store that has everything. All the airplanes are good. The software is good. No struggling. <laughs> no figuring out. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I read, the, I mean, there were, there were YouTube videos out there for a lot of this stuff, but a lot of it was read the manual and figure it out. Jeez. I read the manual. To, I, I taught myself VOR navigation by reading. Yeah. Um, and I and, learned and VR like navigation from you. I didn't read anything. <laughs> Boy, you're <laughs> no. probably not very good at it then. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Between you and Pilot Edge and VR to yeah. VR flying, you know, I was like, oh, okay. The well, then that was, this. Wow. and then that was another thing is that around the time that, so my Pilot Edge, my Pilot Edge ID number is like 2,600. And now they're like 35,000 or whatever um, they're up to. But um, Pilot Edge was, you know, we, two or three people on the network would be a lot back in those days. And so, you know, Keith, Keith's business has grown as streaming has not that it's necessarily, you know, one to one, but we've definitely have these two businesses have kind of gone up together or grown up together, if you will. And like you say that a ton of stuff has changed in the last five or six years in terms of usability uh, and, and, you know, how, how things are done and how much information is out there and accessible, not just on, you know, Twitch, but also there's, you find YouTube videos for anything. Um, so I, 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 to sort of circle it all back, you know, a lot of people, one of the questions that'll come up is that, uh, is, you know, how do I, how do I make it on, on Twitch? And I won't ever say that I've made it because, you know, our little corner of the world is teeny tiny little, little, little compared to the rest of Twitch. Yeah. Um, but like in the flight sim world, I'll say that it was a hundred percent right place, right time. Like I started getting into this stuff. I started learning to fly in the sim. I started streaming all around the time that everybody else was starting to learn how to stream too. Like not just flight sim, but every other, you know, every other thing that was out there. Like when I started, you would see a Starcraft two event that had 1200 people and you'd say, wow, that's a lot. You'd see a Starcraft two professional player that had 130 people watching him. And you'd be like, man, that's crazy. And, and, and like, it was just the time. It's the same thing with YouTube. Like the guys that started YouTube earlier, um, had a leg up. And, and if you're starting, if you're trying to get into any of that stuff right now, you know, I wish you the best because it's, it's going to be exceptionally difficult. Um, well, 
here's something for you because I get this question sometimes about streaming. Yeah. When did you decide and how did you decide to put a camera in front of your face and how important is it, do you think? Um, I made the decision pretty early. I don't know exactly when it was. Um, I, I, it was, it was very, very, very early. I, I think that I don't think it's required, but I think that you're going to have a humongous uphill battle without having a webcam because people want to see your reactions. They want to, they want that, they want that extra connection. It's like saying hello to somebody. I can say hello, you know, hello, Saul. And that, that would make you feel a certain way. And then if I was looking at the camera, as I said that, and as I'm talking to you, I'm also looking at the camera, just force of habit. If I'm looking at a camera, making eye contact with a camera, you perceive that I'm making eye contact with you. And I say, hello, Saul, you're going to have a different set of, you know, feelings about how that is. It, it could freak you out and you could say, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> um, my experience has been though, that, you know, those without webcams are, are, it's going to be tough. Uh, I think it's kind of down to the way that we're wired in general, where we're, mm -hmm. we're wired to have face-to-face -face interactions. And that's why it's so hard for people right now yeah. where we're in, in the situation that we are right now, because we're not able to have that. And I think that's why face cams are such a big thing and make such a difference is because it's like you're sitting there with the person. Yep. And even if you don't have that interaction that you just mentioned with me, for instance, where you say, hello, soul, and you look right into the camera, it just feels like I'm in your presence and we're all flying together, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 it's crazy. Like I, I watch, so one of my favorite streamers, sorry to interrupt you. Um, one of my favorite streamers is uh, he goes by moon moon and moon moon built his stream from nothing to one of the top 25 at the time on Twitch, not ever showing his face. Like nobody ever knew what moon moon looked like. And it was kind of a, like, it was kind of a thing, but yeah, thousands of people watched him play overwatch. He was without question the best and most entertaining streamer I'd ever encountered. And um, it was funny. The first time he put a face cam up, he was, well, the first time we saw him was at a Blizzard event um, at BlizzCon. And we found out that he's actually like this 28 year old bald dude, like balding, like <laughs> molding, I think would be the <laughs> phrase you would use. And he, he never realized it. And now he sort of falls into it and it's part of the community and this and that. But um, it's not required, but uh, it's tough. Because, yeah, people want to have that connection. Yep. I mean, it leads me to, you know, to remember when I realized that you were into beer and you were brewing your own oh, yeah. beer and stuff like that. And you, you could show it on camera and you're like, hey, mm -hmm. today we're drinking this vintage or that vintage, you mm -hmm. know. So, I mean, how's that coming, by the way? How's the beer thing coming? <laughs> I haven't done beer for a long time. I haven't made beer for um, probably two years now uh, just because of baby stuff and, and life being busy. Uh, my wife and I also make wine, though. Oh. And while we did not make wine last year, we had a surplus from the year before that we're still working our way through. Uh, it's a fantastic amount of work uh, in, in the terms of like cleaning and making sure that everything is spotless and pristine. And then it's a whole lot of sitting around waiting. You like, <laughs> oh, my God, you, 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 you hang on. We got a we got a motorcycle outside. Um, <laughs> you do a lot of work. You do a lot of cleaning. You crush grapes or you, you know, you, you boil mash for an hour or two and then you put it into a container and then you stare at it for however long you're going to stare at it for. And then it's ready to bottle or it's ready for its next vessel. So then you move it to a bottle. Um, or in the case of wine, we put it into our carboys or our, our, um, our Demi Johns. And then we stare at it for months knowing that we're not drinking this thing for 
months. <laughs> but I love it, man. It's fantastic. That must be torturous because right now I'm doing ginger beer. So mm-hmm. I'm, we have like the big, uh, the big jar on our counter and we're just watching everything bubble up and all the fermentation yep. going on. And it's just, it's so tempting because it's <laughs> right there and you know that you can have some, but you just have to wait until it's just right. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it until it's been carbonated. Yeah, that's exactly. the thing. With, that's the thing with beer is that you try it and you're like, this tastes like crap, even when you're bottling it. I'm like, I guess it's going to be OK. It isn't until it has that little bit of acidity and that tang from the carbonation that you're really going to you, you're really like, oh, this is fantastic. How, do you, how did you get into that? How did you get into brewing stuff? Um, so m- my wife, my wife is Portuguese and her and her family all have made wine pretty much their entire lives. Um, so through her, I got into winemaking and then she bought me a beer making kit for, I think for my birthday one year. Um, and then just sort of, just sort of went from there. It was one of those like, oh, I don't know. We'll give this a shot. How hard can it be? Cause we already had a lot of the stuff. I had all the glassware. I had all the, you know, disinfectant stuff. So I didn't, my, my cost to entry, my, my, my cost of my entry cost was not huge. Put it mm. that way. So yeah, like like most things, um, my wife pushes me to be a little bit more adventurous and actually do stuff. But besides, sit around and play video games. <laughs> Get you up and out of the seat, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty wow. much. Now I feel bad because now I just go down to the store and pick something up. But I think I would love to do it. Yeah, it's my labor. Six months, a year later, like yeah, I'm gonna enjoy this bit today. Yeah, well, the nice thing about beer is you can drink it usually in about four to six weeks. Ooh, um, that's because uh, like. From the time that you bottle it, usually you bottle it, and it's about two weeks or so to to do that that in bottle fermentation and get carbonated, and then it's ready to drink. And you want to drink it most of the time because beer doesn't age super. Most beer doesn't age super well. Um, uh, unlike wine, where wine is you know we don't start drinking our wine until it's usually nine to ten, maybe twelve months old. Like I said, the stuff I'm drinking right now, well, not right now, but the stuff I have downstairs is. Um, almost 20 months, I want to say, um, since we crushed it and fermented it. And that'll just, that, that stuff will get better up for our homemade stuff. It'll get better up to about three or four years. And then that's where it starts to taper off. But I've got, I've got a bottle of wine. I've got bottles of wine downstairs that we made in 2013. Um, so I've got some older stuff to try, uh, one of these days. So you have seven year old vintage in your basement, seven year old vintage. Yes, man. And wow. boy, sometimes you open a bottle of that stuff up and it's like, ooh, <laughs> I'm drinking this because I made it, not because I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That is interesting, man. Absolutely. But tonight I'm drinking a Dynasty. Um, it's an Imperial Stout by um, Night Shift Brewing Company. I needed to get out of the house yesterday, um, mostly because my wife is like, you need to take your daughter and go do something because she needed some alone time. Um, so I took my daughter. We went to a brewery and picked up some beer. It was about half hour each way. Hey, Amen. Awesome. Good. It's good stuff. <clears throat> now, I mean, <clears throat> talk about beer. Another thing we learned um, about you through your streaming is like, you know, tuning into a, a reality show, basically. <laughs> it's, it's your okay. real, real world flying. Yeah. You know, how you transitioned from FSX, yeah. X-Plane, to... I am flying right now, like in the real world. You know what I mean? I remember it, when you, you did your spreadsheet and everything like that. You were going to cost this thing out. Yeah, exactly. That, too. that, that spreadsheet too. is the most expensive spreadsheet I've ever put together. Um, 
I kid you not, Norm. I I I was sitting down. We had it was twenty seventeen, I guess, um, in the winter. And uh, so, some backstory here. Um, so first of all, I never had I never flew an airplane before getting into simming. Um, getting into simming, I made contacts with pilots and airline pilots and. And got pretty good at doing stuff on Pilot Edge. And, and Keith was constantly like, well, why don't you just go learn to fly and this and that? And Max did the same thing. Like, just go do it. I'm like, I don't really have $12,000 laying around to go to go do this. Um, and so when I was, to go way back in time, um, when I was young, uh, we had a house fire. And that's one of those moments in my life that I look at. And I, I, can, I can honestly say that that's one of the, like, the top probably three worst things that's ever happened to me. And there are times even still, you know, 20 plus years later where I, I like the concept and idea of a house fire terrifies me. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it, it sucks. But I, I say that because um, in February of 17, um, one of the houses behind us had a fire, had a fire and uh, it was destroyed. And I was, like you're kind of already dealing with the lows of the winter blues and up here in Boston, it's just, it's dark for like 15, 16 hours a day in the winter time. And then that sort of pushed me over the edge to feeling pretty down. Um, and, um, that led me to looking at, okay, I need to, I need to pull myself up somehow. Like I, I need to find something. I need to find some way to get myself out of this rut because it was it was it was not a good time for me. And uh, I started looking into the feasibility of flying. Um, I had my best man had bought me a Discovery flight um, for my wedding gift, and I used had used that the previous year, knowing that I wouldn't be able to continue with this at the moment. We bought a house. We had gotten married. You know, just money was pouring out um, more so than it was coming in. But also in 2017, what happened is I got partnered on Twitch. And so I found myself with not a lot, but a little bit of extra money that was coming in. Um, and so the, the spreadsheet that you're talking about existed as a way for me to sit down and say, what is this going to cost me? I, I researched all the, local air, all the local schools, all the airplanes they had for rent, all their instructor rates. I looked at how much is a check ride going to cost? How much is a medical going to cost? I basically put together all these expenses and I said, okay, here's the realistic, here's the average that most people take to get a PPL. And here is the number that many people I know who are into simming have been able to hit. Um, I think my target was around 50 to 55 hours. And I said, okay, here's the cost for this. And that's what the spreadsheet told me. It's like, here's, here's your estimated cost. And I'm like, okay, what can I afford per month? And I said, well, I can afford to do, I could probably do uh, one or two lessons a month. And if you've, I don't know if you guys have done flight training, but a, a, fly, a flying lesson is about $400 to $500 around here. So I can, I can afford to spend about $800 or so dollars a month to put towards flying um, based on extra revenue coming in through Twitch, based on the job change, based on just a whole bunch of stuff like that. Um, so I, I, got in touch with the school and, and, and so a couple months since that fire had passed, um, you know, I talked to a gentleman, uh, Tim Campbell at Eagle East Aviation in Lawrence. And, um, I could tell that Tim and I were going to click. I could, he's, he's this curmudgeon old man, not like super old, but like, like early mid fifties. 
Mm-hmm. He'd been flying his whole life. His parents, his his father flew. His grandfather flew. Like this man, he was the guy. He was the guy. Yeah. And and I told him, I'm like, I also was. And when I the first time I met him, and I said, by the way, I'm also talking to um, one of the flying clubs here on the on the um, the airport, and I just want to make sure there's no issue if if that you don't have a problem with me, or you're going to feel bad if I am flying their planes and not yours. And he looks at me, and and I kid you not, this guy has probably got thousands and thousands of hours flying he says i don't care i just want to fly perfect hired sold wow so on the spot first time i'm like all right let's do a discovery flight next week give me in saturday what can you do um took my wife up him and i immediately clicked i loved his style i I just from the get-go everything about his instruction style was perfect and um, we hit the ground, man. And I, 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 I started off saying, I told him this, I'm like oh, a couple times a month. That's about what I can cut right now. And then, you know, the Twitch thing started doing a little better and I started making concessions in other parts of my life to say, well, maybe I won't spend quite so money, much money on this or on that. And I was doing twice a week for a little bit <laughs> until mm-hmm. I, wow. I basically was trying to get myself to, um, to my three solos and my solo endorsement, uh, as quickly as possible knowing that that's going to save me the most amount of money. I also had access to a very cheap plane through the flying club I joined, which helped too. Um, and so I soloed in four weeks-ish, wow. four or five weeks. Really? Um, Jeez. I mean, that's I soloed way it, faster I, than I did. Four or five weeks at 15 or 16 hours. Oh, okay. um, so like it was from, a, from an actual time perspective, it was quick from a, from a time spent in the airplane perspective. Eh, you know, it was probably probably quick-ish, but um, yeah. it, it was what it was. It was very windy. It was very bumpy a lot, and just it's, it was when the, it's when everything sort of worked itself out. And then um, I just trained like crazy, man. I, I Tim and I. It was not necessarily here's Tim saying what you should do next. It was well, where are we at? What are we doing? Um, and it was like it, it literally it was I he was going down the list of all the re- PPL requirements saying, well, all right, now it's time for three hours of hood time. OK, we got that. It's time for three hours of cross country time. We got that It's time for our night flying. We got that. And it was just checking things off as I went down the list and um, ended up getting my PPL in September of 2017. And I'm going to tell you, here's how egotistical and cocky I am. Um, I had my 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 PPL check right. I had it scheduled for I think it was eight in the morning. I had to do it mm-hmm. real early. Um, I had to fly up there first of all to to do the check ride because it was up in up in uh, about about fifty miles north of us. And my wife and I had planned to go to New York that afternoon. Um, so the plan was to go past the check ride, fly back, have lunch, grab my wife, and then fly down to White Plains for the evening, um, where we were staying the night. <laughs> Already done, finished. <laughs> so. Wow. I had my PPL, you know, I, I had the printed piece of paper where the ink was still wet. And here I am flying into New York's, New York's airspace, flying into freaking white planes. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, hey, whatever, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I, so I got, I got my PPL in 40, I think it was 46 hours um, was the final number for that. I'm going to come back to real world flying, but real quick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah how yeah. much confidence did Simming give you? 2%, 5%, 10%. All of it. 20%. I wow. kid you not, man. I had to the point to where maybe that was even a bit of a detriment. Um, I So my philosophy for, for learning was I know nothing. I want you to teach me. Okay. 
Um, you're the instructor. I'm the student. You teach me. Beyond that, um, when it came to flight planning and flight execution, when it came to my solo stuff, when it came to any of that, I'm like, I don't care, man. I got this. I know how to do this stuff. You know, like the, the nuts and bolts of flying the airplane teach me to do that. Executing across country, flying into like one of my solo flights, I flew up to Burlington, Vermont into Class C airspace, um, which had me flying into Class C airspace. It had me dealing with my first FBO, parking the plane for the afternoon, having lunch with some very good friends of mine, um, grabbing some beer from a brewery. Obviously, I didn't drink anything, but I did bring it back with me. And, um, and, and you know, clearance out of a class, all of that stuff. Um, I didn't even care. Like, I didn't even think about it. And I remember I was talking to Keith Smith about that flight in particular. And Burlington, I don't know how much you know about that area. Burlington, Vermont is um, on east of the airport. There are these kind of four... We call them mountains, 4,500-foot mountains, um, large hills, depending on where you're at in the world. Uh, and I was talking to Keith, and I said to Keith, yeah, I, I, I turned down the opportunity to turn direct sooner um, and opted to keep going south because I wanted to make sure I knew it was a hot day, the density altitude was high. Um, I wanted to make sure I had enough room to get myself above the mountains and not only not hit the mountains, but in the, end of, in the event I had an emergency, um, have an out. And he's like, that is thinking that I would expect from somebody who has been flying for hundreds of hours, not somebody who has been flying for 30. Uh, so like that, that, that type of stuff. Um, I, I have no issue in saying that that was, that was all the sim. Like when you're no longer worried about communication or navigation, you can start thinking about things like if I had a problem, um, what do I like? What, what considerations do I have to have? Mm-hmm. So your uh, workload, basically, your mental workload goes down because of your comfort totally. level from simming. Yep, 100%. Wow. Nice. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's such an, even when I step back in the airplane, having been away for a while, like I'm going to fly um, probably in two weeks, I'm going to fly for the first time in three months, uh, which will be the longest time I've been away. But even after I've been away for a while, I have no issues in terms of communication or navigation or any of that kind of stuff. Like, the only shakiness I have is the actual operation of the airplane. Watching my checklists, making sure I'm doing everything correctly, this and that. But like 30 seconds into the flight, I'm like, I just did this last, I just did this last night. Yeah. Like that's how it feels sometimes. Uh, and, and, and that, that extends even further when we start going into talking about the instrument side of things, like instrument flying. <laughs> it's like, it, it was instrument training was so boring. For the most part, like I learned everything, I felt like I learned everything I needed to know. And, and somebody's going to say, well, you can't, that's no, that's impossible. And this and that. But I felt like I learned instrument flying in the first 15 hours. Really? And then it was, it was like 25 hours of here we are shooting another approach. Yep, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go fly a DME arc, even though we don't need to, because at least that's something somewhat different. Uh, and, and just a lot of that kind of stuff. I'm laughing, maybe I got a smile on my face just listening to you talking about it because I mean, yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, the sim, the, the simulator, desktop computer, you have a mouse, mm -hmm. you got to pan around a cockpit, you got to, yeah. you know, click here, click here, drag, swipe. I, I figure you're in the airplane, it's a little bit easier as far as touching stuff, you know? It, yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Um, but the thing that you get out of the sim when you're doing it we'll say more realistically when you're doing it online with ATC and a real plane with charts, you know, with four flight, like I, my setup mimics the real plane as much as possible. The thing that you get is the multitasking. Um, 
you get the confidence of communication. Like, you know, when you're when you're on pilot edge taking off out of John Wayne, you know, if you're VFR, it's gonna be, you know, right turn two eight zero on departure, you know, maintain at or below twelve hundred feet. So I'm thinking about that in the in the in the sim, right? Turn at or below two, you know, maintain the heading, maintain the altitude, go to departure, talk to departure. Like you're still doing all of that stuff, even if the interface is a mouse and keyboard. Um, and, and it's still, you're still having to do things like listen for your call sign to navigate an airplane, do your instrument scan and this and that. And that's all stuff that transfers over to the real plane. 110%. Did you do your ratings on pilot edge? Um, was it, a I V1? did. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> wow. I did. I did the V I did the V ratings, which was the really old ones. Um, I did the cat ratings. I did the, I did the I ratings after I had my instrument rating. Um, <laughs> I did those so I could start doing the sky high stuff. But yeah, I've done all the ratings on there. They're they're absolutely worth doing. You learn a lot doing them. Even even having had the the confidence and experience that I had, um, I still learned something doing those ratings. Now, I mean, for you guys listening out there in the audience, man, take note. I mean, if you guys want to fly for real in real life, mm-hmm. take your flying on the desktop a little bit more seriously than just you know setting up at the end of the runway and put it on autopilot four hundred feet. I agree. You know, yeah. Some guy said to me the other day, he goes, Hey, you're, why are you hand flying the plane? What about autopilot? I'm like, let me just, you know, I don't have any desire yet to fly in the real world, but enjoy your stuff. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I use the autopilot all the time in the sim because flying in the sim is infuriating after you've experienced actual control loading. <laughs> yeah. Really? Like when you've experienced the, the feedback that you get, because in the real plane, when you, when you're trimming, um, what you're really doing is you, you're, you're, and this is oversimplifying things completely, but you're, you're setting the elevator to a position. You're basically put, setting the yoke to a position, but you're having to hold it there. And so when you trim, what actually happens is the pressure that you have to exert on that yoke to hold it in that position starts to get less and less and less and less and less until you can let go of the yoke and it stays in that position. Yeah. And it's not it, like it kind of in the sim, it kind of takes on that idea of, of like a secondary, um, flight control or whatever mm-hmm. i don't not a primary flight control um it kind of takes on that feeling where it's yeah like you kind of use the trim there but when you're actually flying it's very much it's it's like it's like you're holding a weight that slowly gets less and less yep. like you're holding like let's say you're holding sand and you're slowly opening your fingers to let the sand go it's kind of like yep. that so you're trimming yeah, out and the it, forces then i guess say again you're trimming out the forces you are yeah. yes and, and okay. the, the way that it works in the sim if you can think is you're holding that stick back and you're adding forward trim to it, right? And you're slowly releasing the stick as the plane holds the attitude that you want to hold. And then eventually the stick goes to neutral and that means you're trimmed. And that's, that's, excuse me, that's the concept in the sim. And it's sort of the same concept in the real plane, except in the real plane, your yoke stays where you, you where you put it. Like there is no centering of the yoke. Got you. Got you. So coming back from real world flying to the sim, you're like, you know what? I'm yeah. just the autopilot. Cause this is yeah. not right. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, man, if you want to hand fly, like I, I do love, I do hand fly a fair bit. Um, I hand fly approaches and stuff like that a lot. But uh, as far as the in route portions, pff, who cares? Jeez. Uh, for <laughs> those of us who want to do real flying, and you mentioned um, f- uh, you belong to a flying club, mm-hmm. does that, how does that work? And, um, you know. So, so there's there's a there's a few different ways to fly. Okay, a few different ways to get access to an airplane, we'll say. The first one that most people are going to jump into are renting an airplane from a flight school. Um, that flight school exists 
to make money. Even if they're not making a lot of money, they still got to make money. So they're renting those planes for a profit. And that's generally the most expensive way that you're going to get into flying. Next to that is the idea of, uh, of a flying club. And a flying, in my flying club, is uh, we have three airplanes, um, a Cessna 182, a Cessna 172, and a Piper Archer. Uh, we have 60 members. We all paid a fee to get into the club, and we pay a monthly fee to remain in the club. So our monthly fee goes towards paying for all the fixed expenses of the airplane, the annuals, the insurance, the tie-down costs, and things that, things that you're going to pay even if you never fly that airplane at all. And then we pay a rate that's hourly, and we pay based on tack hour, uh, because ta- the, the, the tack, tack hour is what is generally used for all maintenance stuff. And that rate for each plane is set so that, um, for us at least, so that we break even. Uh, so and that's all the operational stuff alongside how the airplane runs. So it's going to be oil, gas, it's going to be your oil changes, it's going to be any of your wear items, new tires, new brakes, things of that nature. Anything that could wear as a result of the plane moving comes out of that fee. So <clears throat> uh, in a Cessna 172 rented from a flight school for me is going to be about $160 around here. And that's going to be a steam gauge, um, no frills 172. My flying club is 172. Is it's a steam gauge, but we do have a we do have a single G five that's a it's a CDI, uh, HSI, I, whatever the the one that shows you how, where you're going, how to navigate, um, and we also have a um, a, a a Garmin four thirty that has WAS, and so it's a very capable IFR flyer, uh, an exceptional VFR flyer, and the equivalent rate is about a hundred and ten dollars an hour uh, wet per per hobs hour. So I pay I think I pay 125 tack and that comes out about 110 an hour um hobs. So it saves about 50 bucks an hour uh for, over for the better, flight school for plane. A, a better plane so to speak. For what is absolutely a better plane. Yes. Um and then you then you get into things like ownership and partnership that are, you know, that are more expensive but more convenient but could save you money if you're flying enough kind of stuff but also more risky um because you're taking on all the all the costs. Uh, we split, we split, spread, spread the risk across 60 people, uh, in a partnership, you're spreading it across in people. Uh, I know with partnerships that are two people, partnerships that are 10 people. Um, and, and, and yeah, if you can, if you can find a flying club, it is without question, the cheapest way to fly. Um, mm-hmm. bar none. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's good. So the less people in the club, the more money you're going to be, be responsible for the more, uh, generally. Yes. Uh, it, it depends on the airplane, depends on the costs and this and that. Like my first flying club I was in, we had a 1966 Piper Cherokee 180. Uh, it, 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 it looked and smelled like it was from 1966. It had 30 year old avionics. It was a, it was a great VFR plane. It was an, no way I was going to fly that thing. IFR. Um, I paid five, $600 to join the club. I paid 50 bucks a month. There were 10 of us. I was pretty much the only one that flew that airplane and it was 108 an hour. Jeez. Uh, there, that was, <laughs> there's, I will never fly a plane that cheap again in my life. <laughs> that's true. That's cheaper and, than rent a car in New York city, man. Yeah, exactly, dude. And, and because I was pretty much the only one flying it, like I had full reign. I bought an airplane for 600 bucks. <laughs> like that's essentially what it came down to. And that's why I was able to fly as much as I was because I could schedule that thing whenever the hell I wanted. Like there was an afternoon. I was still a student. I'm like, you know what? That's a nice day out. I want to go do some cross country practice or whatever. Not, 
not a true cross country, but I was able to, there was able to solo to three different airports. And I'm like, I'm going to go land at all three airports today. And so I called my wife. I'm like, Hey, I'll be home. Uh, I'll be home in a few hours. I'm gonna go flying after work, went straight to the airport, got in the airplane, booked it, flew, came back. And that was that. And you would not have been able to do that in a flight school plane. And it was also a lot cheaper. Well, let me ask you this step. I've been yeah. on a, um, a commercial planes tons of times. I sat in a Cessna 172 at one airshow air here in Florida a few months mm -hmm. ago. That thing was so cramped. Oh, yeah. And it was an old one. How, how long does it take you to get over that claustrophobic feeling of sitting in a, a small cockpit? It's like a small car, even smaller. How did you? Um, <laughs> so I'm a big dude. <laughs> you said you met me in person. I'm six yep. foot five. I yep. weigh anywhere between 240 and 270, depending on COVID and everything else. Um, and it, 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 it can take some time. Uh, it's like any, like any small car, any, you know, if you get into like a, um, a, for our European brethren, like when I go to Europe, we rent a Fiat Panda and it has about as much room in the front as a Cessna 172 does. And it's just like, all right, well, like we're going to touch our legs are going to touch our shoulders are going to touch. And there's not really much that you can do about that. Um, you just get used to it. Now, a small plane would be like a Cessna 150. I have no idea because I'll never be able to fly one. Uh, I would need a, I think I figured an 85-pound instructor to be able to get into one of those airplanes and, and get they're, checked out. They're so <laughs> small. I, I, I started in one of them and then moved yeah. on to the 72. And yeah. boy, there is a ridiculous difference and it is very welcome. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you kind of, you just get used to it, man. And it, it, like the claustrophobia stuff, it really depends on you. Um for people that are, are are afraid of you know tight spaces and this and that, I I immediately am like, here's the air vents. Point them on your face. Are you cold? It doesn't matter. Leave that air vent on your face because, um, when you're up at altitude or when you're moving, you get those air vents on. It's all it's all ram it's all ram air coming through. Excuse me, and it'll feel it'll feel like you've got the windows down in a car, um, and and so it feels a lot more open and a lot roomier than it really is. Wow. Now. I'm about to do my commercial training later this year in a diamond DA 40. And, oh. um, I have about a quarter inch of clearance between my head and the ceiling. So Oof. I'll let you know the ne if next time we talk, you know, later this year or next year, I'll let you know how it went <laughs> from a claustrophobia <laughs> standpoint. So we're going to have lots to talk about with this commercial training coming up then. Jeez. Yeah. That's, are you excited about that? I am, dude. I'm I'm super jazzed about the COVID stuff for for many reasons, but I'm super jazzed most of all because I was supposed to be a certified flight instructor right now. Um, my plan was to have it all done by the beginning of May or the middle of May or so, so that I would be going to Flight Sim Expo with my CFI rating. And um, uh, I'm 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 really excited to get it to get it going. I'm, I'm excited to get into it and dive into it. Um, uh, as a result, I haven't done a whole lot of studying these last couple months, just just because it's like eh, I'm I'm not. I'm not going to be flying it for a while, um, but I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Um, how does, how does one get, well, actually, I don't know how to phrase the question, but it's safe to say that uh, your wife mm -hmm. has been into you being into aviation for a long yeah. time. She's your backbone, I guess, or backing you up with it. I mean, backing how, how up, does she we'll say, yeah. How does she like to flying? Well, they say, come on, let's go flying. How does she like that? She, she loves it, dude. Yeah. So I took her, she's, she went up for my discovery flight. She, she went up and did freaking pattern work with me, man. Um, with it, which is, I don't know how she did that, but, uh, she would, she would go up and fly along with me whenever she could during training. And when I got my license, um, you know, right. We, 
we we did our last flight together before the baby um about two months before the baby came and and it was she loves it so uh i i try to get her up as much as possible it's a little bit more difficult now um but she's 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 definitely into it she 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 grew up uh going to the azores a lot and so she was in the puddle jumpers going from island to island to island uh and and so she kind of didn't have that fear of flying that some other people might just for that reason. Yeah, that is great. That is great to yeah. have. Definitely. You guys can fly together as a family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we had this one instance, one instance, um, I think it was last year at some point. Yeah, it was last year at some point uh, we were flying back. So we were flying out to dinner. We were going to go out to Glens Falls, New York to, there's a fine dining French restaurant on an airport that is amazing food. Um, on the way out there, a line of thunderstorms was picking up quite a lot of strength, a little faster than anticipated. So I ended up diverting to another airport for, for dinner. And then on the way back, we had her very first, um, instrument approach through instrument conditions. And so she was a little bit freaked out as we we're, you know, descending and we descend into the clouds. Um, but out, outside of that, she's been totally fine. And she got over that pretty quickly too. I think I, I told her, you know, look at the instrument panel, look at the attitude indicator. That's the gauge you want to stare at to keep your keep your bearings. She's got to go get a husband who's like, yeah, I got this hunt. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, back to uh, the simulator. Um, mm-hmm. What What's your take on the state of the sim world now? With you know, um, let's talk about explain first. With all the add-ons that are coming sure. out and so forth, and later we can probably talk about Microsoft twenty twenty. Your take on that, but as far as explain, I mean, are you excited yeah. for the future of it, or I mean, what are you I... thinking now? Man, this is a tough question, dude. I've been, <laughs> I won't lie, I've been pretty down on X-Plane for a couple of weeks now. If we, if you had asked me this six weeks ago, my instrument, my answer, my instrument, my answer would have been a little bit different. Um, I, 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 I love X-Plane. I, I it, right now it is unquestionably my favorite sim. Um, I would say it's the best sim, but only because it adheres to the kind of flying that I tend to do. A lot of you know small to mid-sized airplanes. Um, instrument approaches and, and sort of things of that nature. I think that X-Plane has, um, uh, I think it's gotten worse as we've gone through X-Plane 11. Like we started off, the sim ran great. You know, once, once folks started releasing their updates to their add-ons, their add-ons ran great. And I feel like as we've gotten through the X-Plane 11 life cycle, more changes have been introduced to the flight model and the engine modeling. Changes have been introduced to like adding the particle system. And I think it's just destabilized the sim significantly. Um, I really, really, really hope that Austin and Ben and all those guys can knock it out of the park with 11.5 and with the um, with the Vulcan update and then with rumors of whatever I've heard coming down the road as well. Because, um, you know, competition is, is very good and X-Plane still, I think, has a lot of potential um, that, 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 is, that is there. Uh, in terms of you know the graphical quality, the stability, and sort of things of that nature. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Maybe maybe, maybe not the answer that you were looking for. Or no, 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 expected. no. I'm I'm listening. I'm thinking about it because it's a whole different perspective. Because we tend yeah. to the oh yeah, new planes coming out, but we're not yeah. actually looking at the effects of things getting broken all the time. Well, we just I kind of I love it when new out. planes come out, but we haven't seen a lot of new planes. We're hearing about a lot of planes, but if you think about the last year, kind of what we've seen, you know, we had the A321 from Tullus which I do enjoy that airplane, but it has, I, the last two times I've flown it on the stream, it's crashed on short final. 
Um, and you know, we look at we look at the stuff from Flight Factor, which are updates, new products that are being sold, but they're really just kind of updates to existing products. Um, you're seeing a lot of rehashes from X Plane Eleven come from other other you know other folks that are making planes in the GA world. And I just I haven't I haven't felt that there's anything to really get excited about um, with X Plane for the last year or so. And I think that 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 comes across. I know that that comes across on the stream as well because it's like what the what because I, I find myself I've actually knocked it back to one night a week for X Plane because I was doing two nights a week and I'm like what am I going to do tonight? I mean to be honest, I mean I must say that I. Even Soul knows this. I spoke, I talked about, say, you know what? Let me go to P3D just because I can get some <laughs> better quality add-ons. Seriously, I, I yeah. was really considering it and only because of the entry cost to get it up exactly. and running to a certain level, why I haven't done it yet. You know, I think, the, I, think the, I think that cost to entry is what's keeping a lot of people in X-Plane right now. Because um, I, I, I've thought the same thing. And I'm like, I know that to get into P3D, I'm going to have to get some custom airports. I'm going to have to get, you know, FTX Global. I'm going to have to get Chase Plane. I'm going to have to go buy a couple of these airplanes. Like, there's so many little things I'm going to have to stack up. I, I think I sat down and did the math one time, and it was like seven or $800 I'd have to spend before I could even confidently jump in and say, all right, let's fly this thing. Yeah. Plus, then the extra time to learn a new interface, to learn Chase Plane, to learn Active Sky, like to learn all the stuff that I have to learn to be able to put on a show and say, all right, let's go. And I just, I don't have the time for that right now. Like is what, it, is what that comes down to. And I think that that's actually good for X-Plane. That's what's, yeah, that's what's kept me away from expanding P3D because I have mm -hmm. it, but I don't really use it that much because the amount of time you have to take to learn things right. coupled with the out-of-pocket stuff is ridiculous. Like there's still a lot of scenery stuff that I haven't figured out because unlike X-Plane, it doesn't really yep. do it automatically. You have to layer things and like, Airports are broken most of the time because yep. things aren't layered properly. And then that's another hour of trying to figure that out. And then you have like your whole shader preset because P3D yep. has terrible <laughs> shaders, terrible shaders. It, and you hit on one thing that I think that X-Plane had. It was a big driver for me to jump into X-Plane in the X-Plane 10 days. And it's been a big thing keeping me in X-Plane 11 is the ease of adding and removing stuff. Yeah. Like it's all folder based. So it's very easy to know what's running, what's in there. You know, here's the configuration file. There's no registry crap to deal with or any of that. And like, that's one place where I will praise X-Plane is that it sort of builds on a lot of the the accepted methods in the, like the open source world and the Linux world where it's like, here's a folder-based system and you just dump the folder and it's good to go. Like I've, I've been running the same scenery folder since the X-Plane 10 days. Um, all my ortho and all my custom scenery has evolved from X-Plane 10. It's literally the same folder on the same hard drive. So here's my simplistic brain. I'm like, okay, Austin <laughs> should just stop development of explain behind the scenes and work on add-ons or help developers work on add-ons. Um, is there something missing from explain that needs to be fixed and updated or should they just, you know, okay, we have that, Vulcan now. Let's level yeah. it off and bring a lot of people in. Is that too simplistic? That's a, that's a, that's an interesting idea. Um, I think with 2020 coming and with the, uh, so I will speak on 2020 based on the event that I was invited to last year and not as an alpha tester. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, gotcha. Based on what I've seen with that sim from a world building perspective, I, I don't feel like it's enough. X-Plane has a high barrier to, to entry in terms of learning how to use the sim because um, it's not 
super intuitive. Like my most popular video on YouTube is how to use the camera system. And the camera system is good. The camera system is powerful. But there's nothing in X-Plane that says, hey, we have this camera system and here's how you use it. Yeah, you have to it's find people, it. Yeah, it's people Google searching. How do I get a, how do I get a damn wing view? Um, True. And stuff like that. <laughs> So they have a, they definitely have an onboarding issue with new people coming in. Um, and, 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 and I think that FSX or 2020, I think is going to get people into the sim easier, get them flying easier. And then that's where that, and cause that's the thing that FSX did. Like you can be flying and like me as a never having done any of this before I was keyboard flying in FSX on my first night and forget trying to do that in X-Plane, man. Um, like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work. So I don't think Austin can sit back and be complacent, but I think Austin has spent a lot of time concerned with prop wash physics and, um, concerned with, you know, turbine behavior and a lot of that kind of stuff and, and less time. Meant. Yeah. And less time concerned with, you know, what are the things that make my simulator run well? Um, uh, the rendering engine, you know, maybe some improvements to developer API, maybe, because everybody uses Lua, so why don't we see more Lua stuff baked into the sim, which they have now, but it's still everybody still uses um, Sassel on the XPlane.org side of things, um, or they use Gizmo over at X Aviation. So like that's the kind of stuff I think you should be addressing, not um, why 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 don't we have the right prop wash physics coming over my my elevator? And and that's my thinking is that. Yeah, we can get so realistic into the physics mm -hmm. of X-Plane, which is already great as far as what everybody has said. Right. And um, and miss out on everything else, like working on the weather engine or the seasons. And, yeah. Because, you know, you want the, real, the realism of it as much as you can get, but you also want to be able to fly the thing and it right. looks good and, 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 and the eye candy and the weather works right and the door. You don't have the wind shift on final and things like that. Yep. You know what I mean? I want it to look so, good. I want to be stable. Exactly. Exactly, and I I forego a lot of add-ons that I could be running in in hopes of stability. And stability is my number one complaint with with the sim with anything. And you know there used to be a time when it would tell you here's the add-on that that caused the crash, and now it's just like up, oh, yep, stop working, or just says nothing, and it just crashes. It's like what what was the problem? Like my sim was running fine a day ago. You know my and and there's been times with various third and obviously Laminar is not 100 percent to blame for third party instability, but you know, from a as somebody who works in the software industry, there are things that you can do to work with your development teams and 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 help them make things better. You know, there were flight model changes that were put into place in like eleven twenty or eleven thirty that had developers complaining because it's like this is the third time we've had to re-release our product to make it work with this new flight model um, during X point eleven. Yeah, I agree because it's so. it's it's part sim, but it's part entertainment. Right. Never forget that. We we always, you know, oh, it's not a game, it's a simulator. Well, mm -hmm. it, it is a game too, because you're here for enjoyment. You're not here yeah. to build a, a real world plane. You're here just to have fun. So if it crashes on you on final, then yeah, you're gonna be like, I'm done. Yep. I'm not gonna do this anymore. That being said, I have spent some time in a hundred plus thousand dollar Redbird full motion simulator that also crashed running P3D. So <laughs> no. Um. <laughs> no. Seriously. Yes. Oh yeah. Can't yeah, win. Yeah. Th thankfully, <laughs> thankfully I was given that time as a favor for some work I'd done for the guy that runs the Sim Center. Um, but yes, and then had a conversation with the owner of Redbird that this came up and I was like, "Yeah, I was one of those guys that had that problem." 
<laughs> so like you can't it's not you're not going to get rid of it when you start when you start messing around and mucking around with third party stuff and and modifications and whatnot like you're going to lose some stability there's like there's no question about that um but it's it's about setting best practices and sort of you know let things let things let things progress as they will um if you will so i think vulcan's a step in the right direction people that are running it that are when it when it works it sounds like it's a humongous improvement in performance like it's getting through yeah. yeah getting rid of things like stutters on loads which has always been a complaint and they've acknowledged that their weather engine is kind of crap um like the, the cloud depiction and stuff like that and that's something that's on their on their plate as well so my hope is that vulcan releases and is mostly stable um and then it gets them to think about okay what do we need to do next uh besides mess with prop wash physics yeah, because while prop wash physics are great and <laughs> they'll make some short term things at the yeah. end of the day, what you really need is that that you know yeah. things that are going to go for the larger audience. And while some people really care about the nitty gritty nitty gritty details, like Austin does, at the end of the day, if you don't have something that's visually pleasing, especially mm-hmm. in the time when we have Unreal Engine five coming, which just <laughs> looks ridiculous, yeah, then you kind of need to go into well, that field more and, I, and i've had people say like well but we're rendering a world and i'm like have you ever played grand theft auto 5 and have you ever <laughs> gone up and flown around that world in grand theft auto 5 and have you seen how seamlessly the level of detail changes and how detail like have you like that game is what so everything should now, strive to and it's old that's like a yeah. it's like an eight-year-old game but it's what everybody should strive towards when it comes to a world building simulation um because they're like they're doing all sorts of crazy multi-threading stuff with putting, you know, I've heard they put like pedestrians and cars and all the AI stuff on other threads and and feed it into the game and this and it's just like that game is is a is a is a textbook definition of moving the bar forward. And yeah. and when you say that oh well X-Plane is complex and you can't do that I'm like dude like that game is far more complex than X-Plane and it runs it runs 60 FPS and my graphics card is laughing at it while it's doing that. You know, I hadn't thought about that too because I remember when I started to install airports that had uh, grass textures, and that <laughs> really destroyed my graphics card. But yes. now I I love Red Dead Redemption too, and I play yeah. it very regularly. And that has so much grass yeah. on it, you could feed like as many horses as you wanted to, <laughs> and it run it runs fine. Yeah. And it's got like SnowRunner came out and SnowRunner, you know, d- d- grass textures, not so much, but you, they have like de- deformations in the snow. Actually, Red Dead did this as well. Like deformations yep. in the snow that will stick around as long as you're in the area of that kind of stuff. And, and, and like just amazing things like that, that man, like there's so much that we could, we can do. And snow that melts on your hat while you're walking into <laughs> warm areas and yeah. all of this oh amazing stuff. Now, yeah. In their defense, um, their development and art teams are significantly, and their budgets are significantly larger than a team like X-Plane. You know, yeah. Laminar is an, indie, indie, an independent company. Yeah, I, I gather they've got 10 or 15 people working for them. Um, yeah. You know, Ben Supnick is like the guy when it comes to re- the rendering engine. So there's definitely a difference of scale, but um, there's things that we can aspire to that, that I think that we're missing right now. Right. No, I mean, my 2020 is around the corner and, and 2020 is around the corner. Yep. That's the thing. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, go ahead. I, yeah, no, uh, go ahead. I'll let you finish your statement. Cause I don't no, know no, I'm just saying I'm, 
I, I know Austin's got to be paying attention to it. So yeah. hopefully the things that we're discussing and talking about, they're going to eventually, you yeah. know. Well, and it, it, it depends on, so from a business perspective, it depends on where he's actually seeing revenue from. Like, I don't doubt that he's seeing a significant amount of revenue from the retail side of things, but I would, knowing the industry the way that I do, I would say that he's getting much more money from the commercial side of things. Like, I bet the commercial side of X-Plane is what pays for that Lance Air he flies, what pays for his cars, what pays for his house, um, military contracts and sort of things of that nature. That's where the money is at in this. And it's, it's not necessarily, you know, us, unfortunately. Yeah. And then you pivot over to 2020. 2020 is an entertainment product that is, that's aimed at us. But what 2020 actually is, is a tech demo for um, some Azure technology for Bing Maps and world generation and stuff like that, that that's coming down the pipeline. So like even in the case of 2020, like, yeah, they're trying to make us happy. But we're not the target audience in the long term for this tech. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too, because people who aren't into flight simulation, like my friends who don't mm -hmm. really know that much about it, they were like, why did they have this be the big announcement at, what was it, E3 that they presented it at last <laughs> year? They were like, why was this the big announcement? And like, there you go. You just nailed it. It's yeah. because this is what they're trying to do for the future. And this is something that's like they're targeting investors yeah. in a way. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge tech from Microsoft. The thing about Flight Sim, though, um, Flight Simulator, the series has it was uh, so it was always a pet project for Bill Gates, and Bill Gates always and I I, I don't you, this may be incorrect to say, but I recall reading that Bill Gates said that as long as I'm at this company, we will make and sell a flight simulator. And sure enough, when Bill Gates was on, you lost, you lost, it was gone. <laughs> like that was it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, because. Um, but what what flight sim has done is you talk to anybody in the aviation world and they pretty much have all done flight sim at some point like and that's what that's what i think is the exciting thing about 2020 coming up i'm excited for the tech i'm excited for the world building i'm excited for you know what developers can do with it what i'm most excited for is having it target a new group of aviation enthusiasts people that maybe don't know that they're interested in flight sims today because um and and bringing them in and saying here's simulation here's what we do here's here's flying around the world and it may be that all they do is they 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 take their 172 and they crash it into the side of a building and they giggle and then that's that but you know that there's going to be people where that resonates with them in the same way that it has resonated for all of us in the same way that it resonated for me back in 2013, when I was like, I need something new to do. Um, and those people are going to jump into the hobby. They're going to, they're going to embrace the hobby. They're going to, you know, fuel the coffers of the payware developers, but more importantly, they're going to eventually, some of those people will eventually make it into the real world aviation side of things. And general aviation is, um, unfortunately it's dying in the United States. And I think it's even more dire in other parts of the world and there needs to be some sort of injection of interest beyond, you know, the 60 and 70 year old guys that are that are the ones that are flying most of these airplanes. And I think that that's where 2020 like that's the that's the that's where all of my excitement for that lies. And, and seeing people look at that and say, like your friends, you know, well, why was this the big announcement? Because we haven't had anything like this for like 13 or 14 years. Yeah. And, and it's just it's monumental or potentially monumental. Yeah, it's just a, a fresh look at flight simulation, mm -hmm. which is something, I, I mean, 
although they're different in many ways, P3D and X-Plane are also very similar in the way that their business models are created. And because of that, having this fresh look where it's more targeted towards the consumer, but also looking towards the future is really refreshing. And also, uh, um, I did a quick Google and you're right about the Bill Gates thing. He did say that. (laughs) Great. Yes. Yes. There you go. Fact checking as we're doing the podcast. I mean, if you think about it, like, I would be willing to bet there's more people flying FSX Steam Edition than P3D and X-Plane. Like, I can almost guarantee you that that's actually, that that's the case. Because when people think of Flight Simming, they think of Flight Simulator 10. I go look for Microsoft Flight Simulator, because that's the one that I've always known. Um, and, and, and our sims, the, the two sims that we have available to us today are fantastic. But like I said, there's that barrier to entry. It's not, it's not a game. It's a simulator. It's not meant to be a game. It's a simulator. And if you want it to be a game, then you have to put some work into it and turn it into a game through something like FS Economy or Air Hauler or whatever. But it's not out of the box a, a game. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I, I come back to the event um, last year with, with, with a Sobo. And uh, first of all, Seeing the FS, seeing the 2020 trailer, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can, True. I played Microsoft Flight. I know where this is going to go. Um, and going into that event, so the event itself was a two-day event. Uh, were, were, were any of you guys from Threshold there? Uh, no, we weren't there. But, okay. Because we've, we've only recently really gotten on the map with stuff like that. Gotcha. All right. So just some background. It was a two-day event. I don't know why I was invited, but I was invited six days prior to the event short and notice, i'm like gee. yeah and i'm like um i guess i can clear my schedule uh is <laughs> like because it was thursday and friday i'm like i can only do friday yeah yeah that's 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 that works for us and then we're sitting around like like i said i knew i i at that point i sort of put the feelers out to a few people like it was all in da you're not supposed to talk about it and this and that but i'm like hey uh are you are you going to seattle next week <laughs> and, and and i got uh-huh. and a couple of people i got back a sheepish uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um so i was in the second day i was i was on friday a lot of the guys i know were on the thursday teams um squirrel uh frugal chewy and and, and a few other folks um i think the guys from fs elite were there for for the thursday night as well and so i f- Flew in Thursday morning, uh, and I met up with them after they had all already gone through the day's events, and uh, we we had very little information given to us about this. It was uh, we signed a waiver saying that they were not responsible for any injuries um, that we had during a flying event, so we assumed that we were going to go flying. Uh, and they they basically didn't give us a schedule. Like, yeah, you're going to watch a presentation. You're going to have some hands-on time with the sim. We didn't really know what that actually meant. So I remember sitting there at that hotel. Hotel was beautiful, right on, the, right on that lake. I don't know, Lake Washington, I think it was. Stunning view. And um, Frugal comes up to me uh, after he gotten back and sits down. We have a beer. And Frugal was... Pete, I love Pete because Pete speaks his mind <laughs> sometimes yeah, to does. a fault. Yes, he does. <laughs> and he's like, he had been super harsh and critical of them. And you would not believe the grin that guy had on his face that night. <laughs> he, he just, and, and the thing that shocked him the most wasn't how neat it was, wasn't how 
how much potential was there. It's how much surprised he was that they actually pulled it off. Yeah. Um, and, and did what they did. And so I finally went and I remember sitting there, sitting through the presentations and I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, this is a historic moment for flight simming. Like this is a historic moment for world building. This is a historic moment for video gaming. Like this is, I, I'm, and I'm just like, why am I here? Why, <laughs> why am, me? Why am why I me? here? Of like, there's imposter syndrome, and then there's like, why the hell am I of all people here? Um, and then sat down and played with the sim for a couple of hours. Uh, we did our real world flight and all that stuff. But I, I the 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 whole thing was just this moment of like, wow. Like, holy, like, they're actually serious about all of this. The production value of the, perf- of everything about it was done to the, you know, it was, it was insane. And it was all for, you know, 80 people that were, that were at that event. And I'm like, the amount of money they spent on this whole thing and everything else, it's just, it was nuts. And after that moment, I was, I, I was sold. I'm like, this, this sim, I, I used the sim. I found, I found the edges of some of the things the sim could do. You know, I was the—I guess I was the only person in two days that pulled out four flight and tried to shoot an ILS approach. Um, at the end <laughs> yeah. of that, I looked back and there's like a half dozen developers that are over my shoulder. The CEO of the company sits down next to me, Sebastian, I believe, and we start talking. And um, it was—it was a—it was, was just bizarre. But uh, no, you—you you did you. You did tie. You went 100. You went off script and flew yeah. over your house. I remember you saying yeah, that. You're yeah, like, I flew, yeah. Well, that was the first thing I did, and then I'm like, all right. Let's go find some weather. You want to talk about your weather engine? So I pulled four flight out. I found some weather. I went and I started shooting ILS approaches in the weather. <laughs> and he sits down next to me. I'm like, hey, uh, this isn't maybe, you know, 100% accurate to what, what I'm seeing on here. Um, and, and found, you know, issues with avionics, whatever. Like, I, I, there were problems. But it's also, that was a pre-alpha build, too. So I'm not going to hold that against them. It's funny because I think they did it the right way by inviting you guys. Because, yes. as you said, the promo video is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yep. But getting, I actually went to YouTube and Twitch or wherever to see your guys' real reaction to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what sold me. Not what yeah. they said is what you guys said, you know, and, as, and I'm looking at your faces while you're talking about it and saying what you could. I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, I wish there was a camera pointed at me the moment that I sat down in that sim for the first time. Like I really oh, do. Be, and every single other person that was in that, every, every other simming enthusiast that was in that room will say. Um, cause like even air force proud was there and I had a, I had a great conversation with him and he, you, he was just like, wow, like everybody who was into Sims were just like, this is, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Even with, you know, warts and all, as Pete would say, um, it was incredible. And so from that moment on, I was, I'm, I'm a zealot, man. I'm, I'm, I'm completely sold. And I think because of that, I've maybe been a little bit more critical of X plane and the add-ons and stuff. Um, but I look at the potential of 2020 and I'm just, I, I'm, you can hear my voice. Like, I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to see. I want, I want this sort of advancement in everything. I'm also really excited for other people to see it too. Yeah. I like you, am an alpha tester uh, mm-hmm. and I've seen it before and I've used it before and I'm really excited to see what other people are going to say yeah. about it because having to keep that to yourself is so <laughs> hard. Dude, you, you know, the original, the original NDA was like three weeks. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, you have got, and pardon my language, you have got to be shitting me. Like I, 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 I'm like, I can't this. I was, I was floored and we were all just like, how can you like, why, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> and then they, they eventually moved it back to like a week and a half, but I had to sit on this. For a week and a half, I couldn't talk about it. 
all I was, all I said, like I did the chewy thing where, and chewy and I had some fun with it, but I'm like, I'm on, I'm, I'm in Seattle on business this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Um, and, and then, and I was debating, I was debating as to whether I wanted to do a video on it or just wait and do a live stream to talk about it. And I made the decision. So the video, I think the embargo lifted Monday morning and I made the decision Saturday afternoon. I was going to make a video on it because <laughs> they didn't get the material to us until like Friday. I think it was. Um, and I was like, all right, well, I'll guess I'll, I'll put, I'll put something together. I'll schedule it. And I had a lot of fun putting that thing together. A little music intro would be anything at the beginning and then talked and I'm like, I just put something out there and you know, we'll see what happens. And um, sure enough, everybody had their, their thing to put out. They all, we all had the same footage. Um, and, and actually today I still get comments on the live stream that I talked about it. Not so much the edited video, but it's like the two hour live stream that I sat down and, and we went through all of the footage that we had. Um, that's the one that people were kind of drawn to. And I think it's norm for the reason that you said it's because of the, uh, the, the, the real reaction. Like if you could see me right now, even talking about it, I've got a, just a huge grin on my face. So yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome, that's, man. And there you have it guys in the audience. To, that's the state of the simming world to come. So there's excitement to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're hearing it from yeah. us. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this is great, man. I'm smiling to just listen to you guys go on and on and about it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, can't, I log into the MicrosoftFlightSim.com site um, every every other day and refresh yeah. the page. And, oh, damn, I didn't so, get it yet. Here's your, here's your completely speculative, I have no insight. I haven't even touched the Sim, honestly, in like two or three months um, just because of life's commitments and whatnot. But this time around, what I'm hearing from people in my community is that a lot of low spec folks got pulled into this beta. And I don't think, I know specs aren't everything, but initially, like the first wave seemed to be 2080 TIs, 2080s, 32 gigs of RAM, like big beefy honking machines. And now it's, I think I saw somebody with a, with an, with a 1600 X Radeon, or um, not Radeon, but um, Horizon. So like almost like running the minimum specs that they have listed on the website. Um, so my, my hunch is that Microsoft has an event planned for E their, their E3 event planned for July, where they're going to talk about first party games. And I wouldn't be surprised if around that time we start to see, um, a beta version come out and an embargo get lifted. Nice. But I, I don't, I don't know that I, I that's totally like <clears throat> pulling out of my butt. I have no idea, but that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And then I wouldn't be surprised if we see an actual release come around the time that the Xbox one X comes probably like, if you have to think about when video games tend to come out, a game like this is going to be like September. Cause that's usually when like Forza horizon comes out and whatnot. That makes sense. Cause I was in the second wave. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was because I also was given access to the SDK because of threshold stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in the second wave and I have a pretty mid range PC in terms of stuff like that with a, just a regular 1070 and an i5. Yeah. Um, yeah, and for you, it could be it could be press. Like maybe your account was flagged for press. Like I actually got two invitations because I got an invitation through the event, and then also one because my computer I spent too much money on. <laughs> yeah, I probably was flagged for press. Come to but think of it, I, I did. I did. Talk it doesn't not it. to not to discredit anything. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I got on the I got on the Discord server for um. There's an unofficial Discord server for this, and uh, it's just like everybody's just talking about, well, my specs are better and this and that. And it's like, that's not really everything that matters, but that's why I didn't join it. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of not sure I'm going to stick around. <laughs> yeah, I saw the invitation for it and I just said, no, I'm not going to go into yeah. that. I'd rather just keep these things to myself and yep. all that. Yeah, and I got a little trusted group of people that are in the alpha and we kind of share our, our experiences and, and this and that. And um, most of our experiences are are lining up with, with one another, which is um, mostly positive. Yeah, me too. That's one day, man. One day. One day. Out. We're getting there, uh, Norm. Soon. Getting soon there. it will be yours. Soon. soon, soon, soon you day. can experience flying over your own house. Well, <laughs> you can experience flying over your own house if you're in, in an area that has been um, uh, photogrammetry, photogrammically <laughs> recorded or whatever. <laughs> that's a real word. Photogrammetry. is the, that's the we word. We just coined it thing. here. Yep. We just coined it, man. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> that's the new podcast slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Photogrammetry in flight number 18 or whatever the number happens to be. Here we go. 19. <laughs> 19. Here we go. True, uh, true, true. Wow. This is great. Great, yeah, great, been, great. It's good times, Absolutely, man. man. We didn't oh, even yeah. talk about an instrument rating. We haven't talked about flying in the clouds, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. This has been great. Um, you, I think you're taking the cake for one of the longest episodes right now. I don't. Maybe DeAndre Newman talked for longer. I don't remember how long. I'm going to look that up right now as I'm talking. But you know, what what did I tell you before we started today? That what you I tell you about mouth. streamers? Well, yes, and why? <laughs> yes, when you have a streamer on the gate on the on the on the podcast, guess what? I do this by myself for four hours. There you go. Every week. So does Norm. <laughs> I mean, just, that's just fair. Team- Team up and just let him go. So, talk. so here's the scoop. In about one minute, you will exceed the longest in-flight episode ever. All right. Well, we got to talk about something for a minute. Well, let's keep uh, talking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, Norm, Norm, tell me, where's your, where's your, you have a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, I'm a YouTube guy only. I okay. Twitch is, Twitch is, is full, so to speak. There's many, a lot of streamers on Twitch. So I decided, you know what? YouTube is the way to go for me. And I think I... Made the right decision. Yeah. I have a Twitch account, just never used it at all. We should come um, say hi. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I watch in hello. the background. I'll say hello back. I'll I'll do it, man. I watch in the background. <laughs> I watch any and all streamers. I put That's it this how I way. Am too. It's like my I don't watch TV. There's really nothing to watch on TV. Streaming, no, I, I have I have played in the background. If it's airplane, you, Josh Gibbs, or you know all those guys yeah. I used to watch and stuff. You know those the 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 good old days of watching people stream. Now I do it myself. It's like wow, I can't believe I'm actually doing that. But sure, yeah, I mean, I steal, I steal a lot of uh, phrases from you. You know, well, welcome aboard. I mean, that's I from stole you. those from Frugal, by the way. Really? So I didn't. Uh, yeah, like Frugal. I remember Frugal when he was live streaming would do the welcome aboard and, and some other stuff. And I think back, I'm like, oh man, I completely ripped some of that stuff off. <laughs> <laughs> I stole some ideas from Squirrel. Like I steal ideas from everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I, I tuned in the other day and and um, I had a quick little chat with you on there, but I didn't say who I was because I didn't want to be that guy who was like, you should have been that guy. OK, fine. Well, I, I was be, the guy who be afraid. I pointed out uh, your grotto headphones. Oh, you that did. OK, yeah, they're good headphones. Yes, they are. They're I'm the wearing them right now, actually. I was I was playing some I was playing some Minecraft on Wednesday or Thursday it was and um, kid kid comes in. And he tells me to you should always keep your torches on the right side of the mine as I'm completely lost, you know, <laughs> way at the bottom of a mine. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, dude. That's great news. Now, it turns out it was one of it was a very good friend of mine's eight year old or seven year old son oh who had jumped on. Ooh. And now, like he was working the courage up to say something. 
I didn't. Jeez. I was. I kept my tone very positive with him. And then I found out the fuck. I'm like, oh hey, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. Wow. But I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know until after I don't know, probably ten or twenty minutes. And he just he just kept talking and giving me tips and this and that. And then he's like, oh yeah, by the way, this is this is such and such. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. So, it's yeah. a different world, man. It's a different world. This watching comments come in and responding to everybody yeah. as much as you can. And you know, as you said earlier, um, looking at the repeat people who come back time and time yeah. and time again, and just saying hi to them, you know. Uh, definitely i remember that you know I, I think i had my name shout out one time i was like yeah let me type real quick yeah and we see did if it sees my <laughs> well, there's people that'll, those people that'll clip it like i get to see all the clips that come through and, and you'll see people that'll clip like when they when i said hello to them i was like oh, all really? right dude that's cool that's really sweet <laughs> or they'll like wow. clip their their sub uh resubs and things like that once in a while and uh, and wow. stuff like that and it's just, I, I love it man like it's it's the reason why you live stream instead of make youtube videos um, true I, I, I tell the story all the time. I, I, I live stream because I was too lazy to make videos. Like yeah. Ed, oh, yeah. Recording and editing and pay, posting yeah. back up and hard drive space. Like, you know what? Forget it. Just live stream. I, I do this for a living. Like, I, one of my real world job, job tasks is to make videos. And I have in the past done contract video work for several people that you may know. Well, and, yes. Let's talk about that. Uh, you yeah. did the video for... Um, for Citation Max, I did. Yes, you know, I did. I did work for Citation Max up until um, about a year ago. Um, so we 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 didn't part ways for anything other than I simply don't have the time. Um, yeah, and and whatnot. But yeah, that was that was stuff I did for him for a while. Um, I've done some some stuff here and there for for other organizations and other other folks, and um, it's fun. It's good. But yeah, then to sit down and say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down for four or five hours and put out a video. I'm like, well, I could go, I could go live stream for four or five hours, have more fun with it and probably see the same results True. or very Whatever similar happens, results. Happens. We might crash or we might, uh, we might crash. Yeah. The sim has been unstable, but we already talked about that. <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, you said you did a little bit of programming. Have you ever thought about mm -hmm. doing any kind of add-ons or no? No. That. No, I don't. I've done enough programming to know that I don't know how to program. Um, <laughs> I, I've done things like I've done some JavaScript overlay stuff for the stream um, and, and whatnot. But as far as stuff in the, in the actual sim, like I just I have to pick my battles. I have to pick where it's best to put my time. And I feel like my time is better spent covering and talking about products rather than um, trying to build them myself. Rather than being a creator yourself. I got you. Yeah. I, I hate the phrase creator. Like I just I'm just a dude to turn the camera on and whatever. <laughs> no man you are a content creator i'm a content i'm an influencer <laughs> they would say <laughs> actually I, I have a i do have business cards that i that i, I carry around to the events and i no. i was like what the hell do i put on these things so i just put content creator um because i'm like i don't know what else to say I'm like i'm just that guy on twitch i guess yeah man. i mean i like Catch that you trader. i like that you like show yourself as like not show yourself but i like that you put that would be a different kind of stream yeah <laughs> i like that you put up i like that you put up that front that you're just a guy because yeah. if there's anything i've learned from this is that all of us are just people it doesn't yeah. really matter if they make the best add-on that you think exists for x-plane or whether they're like the best streamer in the world they're i mean we're yep. just having a conversation here and it's very normal for me and i'm sure for norm too and yeah you know, yeah and i've been dude i've been super critical of some people that i i know personally and people that I would consider friends that I have maybe not been the kindest to 
and it's because like I'm still a dude, but I still yeah. want to say, you know, here's the thing about a thing. Yep. Um, you know, but my 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 mantra is generally like don't be negative. I I try to keep everything upbeat and positive. I, if I don't like something, I just won't show it. Yeah. Um and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I just like, you know, whatever. I'm just a dude. I do a thing, I do a thing that I like to do. And when I stop I, liking to do it, then I don't do it anymore. That's it. At the end of the day, man, we're here to have fun. And if you're not having <laughs> just, fun doing it, don't do it. Which is why I played Minecraft on my stream on Thursday. <laughs> I haven't seen a Minecraft stream. I used to see what Rocket League you used to play. I've never done something. Rocket League. Is um, it no, what was it again? Something I played else. I played Doom Eternal for a few weeks. I actually I actually played the entirety of that game on the stream. Uh, I played some City Skylines on the stream lately. I've been playing some SnowRunner. Um, uh, that game looks so good. I oh, SnowRunner's a good game, dude. Jeff it's seems like he's obsessed with it. Which... Jeff is addicted to it. I talked. To, I had a conversation with a brief conversation with him a couple of weeks ago, uh, just after it came out. He's like, "Dude, I have it on my PlayStation. I play it downstairs on the TV. I play it upstairs on the computer." I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great, dude. Wow. That'll that'll be a fun conversation to have with him when he comes on. Yeah. Yeah, that nah, Jeff's. A, I love Jeff. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, I, 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 I love games in general, man. So I, I've, I've, there's, I have my secret game that I'm playing that I won't stream. Um, and there are definitely games where I'm like, this is me. This is my thing. I need a little break. I want to enjoy this myself. Um. But other than that, I'm like, yeah, well, let's let's just stream it all. If you don't want, if you don't want to watch it, if you're upset by it, well, hey, I'll do Flight Sims on Fridays. And that's not going to, that, that hasn't changed. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny because your, your numbers will change based on what you're streaming. hundred you percent. Yeah. Core audience who will watch whatever you do. And some mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, I don't want that. You know, I've spent fun. a lot of time looking at the numbers and it's like, I can, I can reasonably say that like a completely non-simulation focused game is going to get this kind of number. I can, a simulation focused non-flying game is going to see this. DCS is going to see this, you know, these types of planes in X-Plane will see this. Um, like, I've spent far more time thinking about that than I probably should. No, it's true. I mean, I can tell you which planes people will be like, ah, I've seen mm -hmm. it too many times. Or, oh, yeah. my God, I want to see this plane. Well, and they it's... all want to see the airliners. You fly yeah. a jet? You fly a United 777 to Sydney? I'm like, no, dude, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> not like... going to sit here for 12 hours. Yeah. It's if you want to see, If you want to see airliners... Um, my, my good friend, Chewy94, all uh, the time on Twitch, twitch.tv. He can, he flies airliners a bunch. So if you want to see some airliners, Hey man, I love Chewy. Chewy, Matt's a great dude. Uh, and stuff like, like people that come in are like, why don't you fly this thing? I'll go. I'll, sometimes I'll go look up at the following list and I'll say, um, this guy's flying that airplane. Go watch him. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of just like it kind of just like lives up to um your chat rules which i actually got a kick out of a few <laughs> nights ago which is like everybody has this detailed thing with a bunch of rules like don't do this don't do this yours is just don't be an idiot don't be an yes. idiot man yeah rules are for schmucks man we're not gonna sit like you're being racist well you're being an idiot you're being sexist yeah. you're being an idiot you're telling me to do a barrel roll you're almost being an idiot yeah but it's tempting no. <laughs> but it's tempting i've i thought about your suggestion for a hot for a hot second and said no we're not gonna nah, do that we're good. <laughs> yeah you gotta have fun with it you know I, and true like i don't tight like the titles of of streams people you you go look at the flight sim stuff and, and this is and again everybody has their thing i'm not saying the way i do it's right or wrong um but it's like 
XP 11 real world pilots. We are doing pilot edge and this and that. And, and then it's just this, this title of tags and you, and you look at mine and it's just like llama. like i actually went through i went through the entire alphabet picking out obscure animal names for 20 24 streams 24 flight sim streams and only about half of them did people ask why is llama or whatever the word of the week happened to be in your title um it's just little things like that where i'm just like you know like we're gonna we're gonna have fun with it we're not gonna take it super seriously yeah, enough people know you by now to say, yeah, pretty much. That's a, that's a Thai title right there. Yeah, it's a catchphrase. Yeah, and even title. even a guy <clears throat> like Keith will come in. Keith will, you know, Keith owns Pilot Edge, and you'd think that Keith is sort of stodgy and everything by the book and this and that, and and he's he's mentioned to me he recognizes that, like there's certain points in the stream where it's like, oh, who cares? We're gonna have fun. <laughs> we missed a radio call. Well, I feel bad about that. As long as I don't miss two, I think we're okay. It's just little things like that. So it's all about true. having a good time. Oh yeah. Wow. When are you guys awesome gonna live stream one of these things? One of hmm. what things? One of these oh. one of these podcasts. Um we've thought about it here yeah. and there. Yeah. Um I we're kind of toying with a lot of things right now. Okay. Uh, because connecting all of that is definitely gonna be a little bit more difficult since I don't have um I don't think I have the audio equipment to like do all three of us. Um, I don't know. I've, I've thought oh. about it. The major complaint we're getting right now is that we're not showing face cams, but I don't yeah. really want to do that because <laughs> my room is always really messy. And, and <laughs> I'm also trying to learn how to put it into my editing style too, because I'm more of an audio guy than that's a visual right. guy. So like doing yeah, that, you just YouTube dump it channels. all into premiere and you'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. that's well, what I've been doing. Yeah, most most of the guys that are doing the video stuff, they're you know they're doing like Google Meet or something that or Google Hangouts that brings the face of the person forward talking. And I don't know. I listen to podcasts. I listen to them on my on my phone when I'm walking or exercising. Like I don't usually listen to them on my computer personally. Yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan when I run. Wow, well, I can't tell the last time I listened to a podcast. I have a YouTube uh, premium account and just pull it up, close right. the phone, put my pocket and the headset. Yeah, I yeah, can that's see what that. I yeah. Now I listen to uh, I, I listen to Giant Bombcast. So I don't know if you guys know who Giant Bomb is, but a lot of stuff I do I've ripped off from them. A lot of my philosophy I've ripped off from them. But I, I've I've been listening to the Bombcast every single week for probably eight years. Wow. Um. And and it's that that's my go to. Well, so. it's not ripped off, man. It's share and share alike. That's what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they they Absolutely. you know they, but they don't know anything about flight sims, so. I think they they the one guy that was into flight sims um uh left the company and is doing something else. So <laughs> never happens. Uh-oh. Yeah. Look, I think flight sim is always going to be a niche, man. I don't think mm-hmm. there's enough people who are who is into aviation to maintain this other than the levels that we have now. Right. Maybe a little bit more, but not much, you know what I mean? Well, you're going to get people that are like the Air Force proud viewer coming into flight simming. Like those, those, you're going to get a lot of those types of people coming to 2020. And I don't mean that to discredit that type of person at all, but, um, there's a certain type of chat viewer that comes in and asks me if I know who air force proud is. And I'm like, I know exactly what your next question is. <laughs> Can you do a barrel roll? Exactly. <laughs> is that a real person? Oh Are you talking to other people? What happens if you don't follow the rules? 
true. But that's it's, fantastic. Like there, a lot of them are younger viewers and whatnot, and they're the people that in ten years are going to be pilots. So yep. let them let them do it. Let them do it. Let them have fun. That's true. Yep. Don't turn away anyone. Mm-hmm. Give them enough time, they'll settle down and calm down, and you know, start Hopefully. taking it seriously. Hopefully, yeah. Maybe. Hopefully, I keep saying that about my daughter, but she's she just yeah, you are, she's climbing you are, the walls. Every time you think that you're you've got it, and she's in a certain <laughs> age, you're in a certain thing. It's the next level before you yep. know it. Trust me, it, love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Enjoy it. Enjoy every moment of it because before you know it, yep, she's out the door. She's at college. You're like, what yeah. happened? Yeah. Where's my teenager? <laughs> exactly good luck with that one i know that we can be a little bit nasty sometimes (laughs) (laughs) it happens it's all right well uh i love this conversation we're having but i think we should probably continue some of it off recording so with that said um ty thank you so much for speaking with us and i really hope that we can get to do this another time soon once all of our schedules are still open and once Things keep on happening for you and keep on happening for yeah. Norm and all of that. Yeah, Saul and Norm, thank you guys so much, man. It's been an absolute, it's been a blast. It's been a pleasure. All of, all the adjectives that you'd attach to joy and happiness. Um, that's how I feel. So it's been Absolutely, fun tonight. man. Absolutely. Great, great, great. We covered everything <laughs> from from wine, beer, whatever we talked Multifaceted about. Multifaceted is what multifaceted. they would say. Yeah. A multifaceted yeah. podcast. There, if you want true, your title, true, that's true. it right there. Mm, maybe there I'll change go. it. Yeah, like, the like multifaceted podcast. I don't know how. No, 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 no. Ty the, Shuff. The multifaceted <laughs> Ty Shuff. That's it. There you go. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, that yeah. that can be the episode title. In flight nineteen, the multifaceted Ty Shuff. There True. you go. No, I, I like it. That's it. Thank it's you done. very much, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Twitch.tv/catstitter, YouTube.com/catstitter, Twitter.com/tvshuff. Whatever. Nice. Or don't do any of that. It's fine too.